What's going on, everyone? AB back at it with another episode of That Wrestling Pod. Uh, today, I'm coming at you with Elimination Chamber predictions, and then a little bit afterwards, I'll be touching on uh, my opinion of the top 10 Elimination Chamber matches. Uh, it's one of my favorite matches that they do every year, um, and we've had a lot of really good ones over the years, the last God, 17 years now worth of Elimination Chambers. It's hard to believe. So uh, it's a fun time, definitely, and... Uh, I uh, just want to jump right in. Um, as of right now, it is Thursday uh, in the afternoon. Uh, there's only seven matches on the card, so I might be doing this prematurely, but um, I wanted to get this done and out of the, out, out here uh, in time so that uh, enough people could probably listen to it before the show. So um, I'll dive in on the card that we have uh, that is set in stone. And, um, you know, if anything does get added, uh, I'm, um, maybe I'll touch on that just on Twitter and uh, a few tweets. You can follow me at that WrestlePod. Uh, so we'll just start off. Uh, they have the pre-show match, Buddy, uh, Buddy Murphy and Akira Tozawa uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, it's really a shame that they put these Cruiserweight matches on the pre-show. Um, I know they're a really good way to kind of wake the crowd up and get them going. Um but man, these guys are such good talents. They really are. And I'm a big fan of Buddy Murphy. I really like Akira Tozawa too. Um, and I'm sure that this is going to be a solid match. Uh, if you watched the pre-show to the Royal Rumble, uh, you saw those two in a fatal four-way that also included Hideo Itami and uh, Kalisto. And uh, it, was, it was a solid, solid match. It really deserved to be on the card. And I'm sure this one will be the same. So uh, I think Buddy Murphy's going to retain. Uh, I think I think I mean I want him to hold that title for a long time, and I've said it before. I'll, I'll say it again, and I'll maintain this. I really wish that they would take the cruiserweight championship and uh, and and put it on Raw or SmackDown, preferably Raw. I think it'd be a good way to um, to give you another little bit, a little reason to watch Raw and you know another fun match to have on there. And, you know, having a couple of cruiserweights, kind of how they originally intended the division to be before they uh, kind of pushed them off on Two Hundred Five Live. Uh, not that I don't like 205 Live. Um, I do like the concept. I do like the show. I know that you're guaranteed a really good match every single week when you watch 205 Live. But um, I think at least having the Cruiserweight Champion on Raw, uh, defending it maybe at least once a month on Raw, uh, just brings a little bit more value to the title. Uh, and it gives you another reason to watch Raw, I think. Uh, just going out there or watching you know young talent go out there and, and kill each other and uh, a fun, fast-paced, high-flying match. Um, you know, there's no reason why you can't put a Buddy Murphy on Raw. Dude's good, man. Dude's solid. And I think he'd add a lot of value to Raw. So um, it's a shame this will be on the pre-show, but, you know, it'll give me a reason to watch it. So that's probably why they're doing it, I guess. So I <laughs> uh, look for Buddy Murphy to retain. Um, on the main show, uh, again, there's only six matches on the main show, and even with two chamber matches, that seems really light uh, for today's climate. But um, I guess I'll start with... Uh, Strowman and Corbin that just made it a no disqualification match today, probably for the best. Uh, they can throw all the bells and whistles in it that, that they uh, that they see fit. Um, I think with Drew not having a match on the show, he gets involved, and I think that um, I think Drew helps Corbin win this one. Now that it's no disqualification, hopefully they they let they take advantage of that stipulation and uh, really just have some fun with it, beat the crap out of each other, 
I'm, I'm, I'm honestly a fan of both. I actually do like Corbin. I like his character. I think he's come a long way. And I think, um, you know, we've seen, we've seen him and Braun interact quite a bit. Uh, I'm a little bit tired of the feud, but I do like both the guys. I hope that they at least uh, throw a few things at each other and, and tell a decent story and, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think uh, Corbin wins by way of Drew McIntyre interference. Um, after that, I think they have uh, Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush as uh, Bobby Lashley defending the Intercontinental Title against Finn Balor um, in a handicap match. Um, I don't expect Finn to win here. I do hope at some point he does, whether that's at Fast Lane or some kind of Raw, or maybe they can extend this out to WrestleMania. Who knows? Uh, but I don't think Finn wins here. Um, I look for him to maybe look as if he's about to win over Leo Rush, and then Lashley uh, somehow figures a way to to finish him up. And uh, I think Lashley will retain here. Um, just don't see Finn winning here at all. Especially, I mean, one guy going over two doesn't make sense. So uh, look for Lashley to retain. Uh, Ronda and Ruby Riot, uh, big fan of both. I think this can be a good match. I wish that they had done a little bit better job of building it up. Um, Ruby got a win over Nikki Cross this week on Raw. Um, that's got to be the first match she's won, and I don't know how long. Um, so it's a little bit weird that they're that they're throwing her in here, throwing her in here like this. Um, you know, I understand that they're kind of just using this as a a way to give Ronda something to do until the big match at WrestleMania. Um, it's, it's it's a throwaway for sure, but um, you know, hopefully Ruby goes in there and, and busts her ass. I know she I know she will. She's a really good performer. Um, I look for Ronda to retain by submission, and uh, you know, continue to look dominant going into WrestleMania. But what I really want to see out of this match is Ruby to uh, solidify herself as as a as a top end talent. Um, you know, because she deserves better than what she gets. The whole Riot Squad does. They're all really good at what they do and. Um, you know, I think they deserve better than being enhancement talent every week. So, uh, Ronda by submission. Um, they have Miz and Shane versus the Usos. Although, uh, before I'm recording this, I see that I think it was Jimmy and Naomi got pulled over uh, for drunk driving, and uh, Jimmy got arrested. So, I don't know if this match is still on. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, I really enjoyed the segment that these teams had on SmackDown this week. Um, I thought that they did a really good job at kind of getting some last-minute heat on this feud that really hasn't done anything uh, leading up. But, um, you know, if, if this match does take place, I look for it to be a good one, and I definitely don't expect the Usos to win now. So um, I, I think Shane and Miz were going to win anyway, but um, <laughs> after, after Jimmy getting arrested I, I can't I, I'm not even positive that they're going to be in the match who knows I mean this might this might not even happen maybe they'll maybe they'll throw uh, Woods and Big E in there uh, maybe we'll get a bar rematch uh, who knows but um, I, I expect Miz and Shane to walk out of Elimination Chamber as the tag champions um, I'm sure that they'll hold those until Fastlane where maybe Shane turns on Miz finally and uh, they start a program going into Wrestlemania so um, now, if this is the Usos and Shane and Miz, I think it'll be a good match for sure. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, but look for Miz and Shane to retain. Uh, the Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton versus Samoa Joe versus now Kofi Kingston. 
Um, you know, as I said on the pod I did a couple of days ago, just kind of recapping Raw and SmackDown. Um, really bummed that uh, Mustafa Ali couldn't couldn't compete in this. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing what he would do in there. Apparently, the word on the street is that the uh, the Kofi treatment that he got on SmackDown, where he lasted in the gauntlet match for over an hour, was intended for Mustafa Ali. Uh, you know whether that's true or not, I don't know. It's uh, just reported, I believe, in the Observer. So, um, knowing that, knowing that, you know, how strong Ali would have looked coming off of that, um, it's just, it's, just it's, it's bittersweet. But um, if anybody deserves the spot, it's Kofi. Um, you know, the dude has been there forever, 11 years. I mean, like I mentioned on the pod the other day, uh, he had a, a point in that gauntlet match with AJ where AJ didn't want to didn't want to fight him. And Kofi you know, kept pushing him and saying, man, I've been here 11 years, man. I've been here 11 years. Uh, I've had no opportunities and I, I'm ready. I've waited too long and uh, just displayed that fire that uh, he's really just been missing. And I hope that he can can can. Uh, you know, contain that and and keep that going. Um, I don't I don't expect him to win. I really do expect Brian to retain here. Um, but the the beauty of this elimination chamber, as opposed to a lot of the ones in the past, is there's really no guaranteed obvious winner. Um, you know, over the years, you you look at some of those chamber matches and you look at it and you say, okay, Cena is winning this. Or, you know, okay, you know, Bray is winning the championship to go into the feud with Randy Orton going into Mania a couple years ago. Or, you know, Roman's winning, you know, whatever. Like, we've all had a pretty good idea of where they were taking the stories into WrestleMania. And this year, we really have no idea. I mean, there's no guaranteed, obvious, um, you know, set-up match for, for the WWE Championship going into WrestleMania. So... Uh, I mean, I could see it going several ways. I, I mean, I would love if, if Joe got it. Um, I would love if uh, I would love if Kofi got it. I wouldn't be upset if AJ got it back. I don't. I don't think he really needs it right now. But um, yeah, it, it, it could be interesting. Um, and I just, I, I really, really don't know what to expect um, in terms of where they're going to take the title into WrestleMania. So. You know, maybe maybe Brian retains it. Maybe they do just say, you know what, let's give it a shot. Maybe they do throw it on Kofi for a little bit, and uh, he holds on to it, and they kind of keep us guessing going up until Mania. Who knows? So uh, they're all incredible talents, AJ, Kofi, Daniel Bryan. Um, looking forward to seeing what they do in the match. Jeff Hardy still, for some reason, is, is just killing it. I mean, he's, what is he, 40, 41? I'm sure he'll do something crazy in there that he has no business doing, but... Um, I really like the the setup they have here, the lineup they have, uh, all solid talents. I really think they're going to go out there and have a solid, solid match. Um, and I, I I'm gonna I guess I'm just going to take the safe pick and uh, and say Brian retains. Maybe they have uh, Rowan and and maybe even Harper come in and find their way in the chamber and uh, and uh, you know help Brian retain. But how fun would that be though if if Brian had Rowan and Harper, and they were feuding with the New Day. Uh, even even if they could somehow take that all the way to WrestleMania. I mean, what if Kofi wins here, and then at Fastlane, they have maybe just a six-man tag, and then at WrestleMania, you have Kofi versus Bryan for the WWE Championship. And that, to me, would be a lot of fun. So that's kind of what I would love to see happen. Um, I guess I'll, I'll take the safe pick, though, and say Bryan retains in a really good match. And then the match that I don't know quite what to expect. 
the Tag Team Elimination Chamber for the first ever Women's Tag Team Championships. You have Nia and Tamina, uh, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, the Iconics, Bailey and Sasha, and then uh, Naomi and Carmella. Uh, if this is anything like the Men's Tag Team Chamber match from a few years ago, I'm not super looking forward to it. Uh, that was a bit of a cluster. I think 12 women, or 12 anybody, men, women, doesn't matter. I mean, it, it really doesn't. Anybody, that's a lot of bodies in a match, uh, especially um, considering, I believe, Naya and Tamina are going to be the the last entries in the in the match itself. I think they, they, they earned that on Raw. So, um, you know, the way I would I would like to see it is, is maybe they start it and then they kind of you know trim the fat a little bit, um, and, and you keep you keep it to where there's only two or three teams at a time in there, but um, you know th- th- this this could be this could be a cluster muck, so I, I hope it's not I hope it's good I, I genuinely do like all of the talents in here, um, I really don't know who to call on a winner. Uh, I think the obvious choice goes to Bailey and Sasha, but I don't know. I think I think Anaya and Tamina winning it and having Bailey and Sasha chase them through Mania makes a lot of sense too. So, um, and then of course I'd love to see the Iconics win it. I'm a big fan of both. Um, they did a really good job at making them look strong coming out of SmackDown this past week. Um, I, I just don't. I, I think I can safely eliminate the Riot Squad. I think. I know we can safely eliminate Naomi and Carmella, um, and uh, I don't. I don't know if they're quite. I don't know. I don't really don't know what they what they see or what they think of Mandy and Sonya. I don't know. Um, I don't really know what they could do with those two in terms of a feud coming out of this as the tag team champions. I think Nia and Tamina gives you dominant heel champions that Bailey and Sasha can chase, or Iconics. These kind of you know more. Annoying jokester heel tag team that you know a solidified tag team that you can have um, again maybe Bailey and Sasha Chase. Um, I guess the you know rumor on the street is that the women are going to start kind of going on both shows. Um, I kind of assumed I think we all could have assumed that that was going to be the case um, for the women's tag team championship being that there was only one set made and not a Raw and a SmackDown. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, I don't really. It's it's kind of a double edged sword, right? Because you're not getting, you're not getting. Um, I, I I guess a, a genuine brand split. Excuse my pause there. Um, you know, you know, if you're gonna have a brand split, I want you to have a brand split. And if you're gonna have them go over both shows, have you know, don't have a brand split. So. Um, I, I do like the idea of having a champion go across both shows, and I hope that they kind of use this as um, a test run for the other titles. Because I would like to see, uh, I would like to see one world champion. I would like to see one set of men's tag team champions. I'd like to see one women's champion. Um, and, and if if they if they see success in doing this this way, then hopefully they kind of simplify the titles from here on out, and you have your champions go on both shows. 
Um, I believe that's the best way to go about it. I think that would help with pay-per-views. Um, you know, you're not cramming so much in there, and I think you can have smaller cards that way when you're not trying to get 10 or 11 championships on one show. That was my one big problem with introducing the women's tag titles. Uh, not because I don't think they deserve it. I definitely do think they deserve it, and I'm excited to have it. But you already have two men's tag team champions. You already, I mean, you have how many? There has to be uh, nine titles already. And, uh, and then you see here in the match already, you already have a makeshift team with Naomi and Carmella who have never, as far as I'm aware, I don't think they've teamed, at least not you know more than two times maybe, uh, <laughs> including this week. So, um, you know, I think uh, I just don't want to see this division end up like the men's division where you just have makeshift teams all the time. They don't make sense. and They're not given time. They're not given real proper storylines. They're not given, you know, promos. Um, you know, I, I really would like to see this treated like a genuine division uh, that, you know, has potential to even main event some of the, uh, you know, like a backlash or a battleground or a pay-per-view like that. You know, obviously not, maybe not a, a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania. Um, you know, you would reserve that for the women's championship. But um, yeah, I think um, I think Nia and Tamina. I think that's the safe pick here. Um, I'd like to see the Iconics get it, but I think Nia and Tamina. And I wouldn't mind watching them feud with Bailey and Sasha going into Mania. I, uh, as long as Bailey and Sasha at least get to have it once, we'll see. Um, before I close off on this, it is a shame. I, I really would have liked to see them um, bring up the Sky Pirates. Uh, Io Shirai and uh, Kyrie Sane from NXT. I would have loved to see them come up here instead of Naomi and Carmella. Have another legitimate tag team um, that is a lot of fun to watch. They're both incredible talents um, and probably would have had a really, really good showing in the chamber match itself. So um, it's a bit of a shame that they didn't do that, but it is at least something to keep your eye on. Maybe after WrestleMania, maybe they do come in. Um, I think... Um, you know, them being a little bit of a foil to the Iconics could be a fun feud. You know, the Iconics could come out there, you know, they do their thing, make fun of them a little bit, um, bump around for the for all of them, for, for uh, Sane and, uh, and, and Shirai. I think that would have been a fun feud too. So I hope to see that at some point down the road. Um, but yeah, I'll finish off with Nia and Tamina. So um, all in all, it's a fine card. Um, a bit slot together. Uh, still looks a little barren. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they added uh, a revival Rude and Gable match. I wouldn't be surprised if they threw on, um, you know, something, you know, maybe an R Truth or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, I kind of felt like Drew and Kurt got added on there, but I could be wrong. Um, but I, I'm sure that they'll add something last minute or maybe even during the show. So um, as it stands, it's a fine it's a fine card. It'll probably be decent. Uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that world title uh, elimination chamber match. Um, I wish that they would have just given this a few more weeks uh, of build. You know, I think you look at uh, Royal Rumble was like what three weeks ago, and they really only started the build up for this show last week, uh, save for the women's title, uh, women's tag team title chamber match. So um, I. I I really wish that they would have pushed this off until maybe the first week of March and then not have Fastlane. And then maybe instead of having the Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship 
for the WWE Championship. You have it as the number one contender, as kind of like a last resort. You know, if this is your last chance to make it to WrestleMania. Um, and then you could have had a WWE Championship match, uh, and uh, and then you would have also been able to fit, you know, maybe you could throw uh, Andrade in that match or whatever. Um, I just don't think that having two shows with so little time between them in Elimination Chamber and Fastlane is conducive to proper build towards WrestleMania. I think that if you had Royal Rumble at the very, very end of January, as they do, you had the Elimination Chamber as your last chance to make it to WrestleMania into a main event, kind of maybe that that first week of March, so that you're you're getting that shorter month of February out of the way, and, and then you can, and then you're that first week of March, and you have all of March and the first week of April to build up towards WrestleMania. I think that makes a lot more sense um, and, and instead of having two shows that will only have what two or three weeks of build between them i'm pretty sure fast or not yeah fast lane i think it's what the second week of march uh, i could be wrong i don't know but um yeah I, I just wish that they would have been able to put a little bit more build on this and make these matches mean a little bit more i think we'd be a little bit more excited about it but uh i'm looking forward to it nonetheless elimination chamber is always fun i hope the women's match um is set up in a way that there's not too much going on all at once um and I have all the faith in the world in the, in the women to pull it off. They're uh, they're all really good talents. So um, we'll see. Hopefully it's a good show. And uh, yeah, I think at this point I'm going to segue over into um, the top 10 list. Uh, Elimination Chamber has always been one of my favorite concepts. I remember watching the very first one at Survivor Series in 2002. Um, and just being enamored with it, and it's it's such a fun concept, right? It's it's uh, you know taking this big steel cage and throwing six guys and now women in it, and uh, you know we've seen a lot of different stories told in those chambers over the years, and we've seen you know it for championships, and we've seen it for number one contenders, and you know they threw in the tag teams a couple years ago, and uh, they've done a solid job at evolving it over the years and keeping it uh, exciting and fresh. Um, some of them have been really good. Some of them have been not so good. Uh, there's been uh, around 20 or 21 of them. Uh, I'm just going to do the top 10. And uh, I'm going to start off with 2006 from New Year's Resolution, or Revolution, excuse me, um, with John Cena, Carlito, Kurt Angle, Kane, Chris Masters, and Shawn Michaels. Um, this is the one where... After Cena retained, Edge cashed in Money in the Bank for the first time. Um, so that adds a little bit of uh, pizzazz on top. Uh, the match itself is really good. Uh, the story was the story told was, um, you know, you had the three young guys with Cena, Carlito, and Chris Masters. And, you know, the three kind of veterans in Kane, Kurt Angle, and Shawn Michaels. Uh, and those three veterans all got eliminated before uh, the three young guys. And it seemed like... Um, at the time, Carlito and Masters were gonna were kind of on their way and were gonna be the next guys up. Uh, it's kind of funny to think now. Uh, neither guy uh, really did much after this, um, you know, especially Masters. I don't. I mean, I think after 2006, he just went. He hit rock bottom. I don't think he ever ever made it back um, to that level. Um, so it's kind of funny to go back and see that. You know, at one point he was he was a pretty big deal and. Uh, it's kind of weird to go back and watch a match like this with so much blood. <laughs> a lot of these earlier ones, I mean, there's, there's, they're just caked in blood. Um, but it was a solid match. Cena retained, and then uh, Edge came out, cashed in. Uh, what a classic, classic moment. 
I didn't order this pay-per-view as it happened, um, but I remember coming on and checking results on WWE.com afterwards and seeing that Edge had cashed in, and I you know, never even thought that that was an option or a possibility. So um, really cool, uh, really cool match, fun match, still holds up. Uh, if you haven't seen it in a while, check it out. It's a really good one. Um, but after that, I have the 2010 SmackDown Elimination Chamber. Undertaker defended the world title against CM Punk, R-Truth, John Morrison, Chris Jericho, and Rey Mysterio, who would be in quite a few of these matches. Um, this is this was a really, really solid match. Um, probably most known for Undertaker um, catching himself on fire. <laughs> during his entrance, um, he was making his—he's making his way out, and the flames up by the entrance ramp caught him while he was coming out slowly. And he took off like a bat out of hell, throws his jacket off, enters the ring aggressively, and and Cole even makes mention: "I have never seen the Undertaker walk into a match this this aggressive." And 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 it was just—I remember watching it, thinking, "What in the world is going on?" And uh, you know, finding out afterwards that. He had been caught on fire, <laughs> but um, you know it was a good match. Um, I think it was John Morrison and Jericho were the only two guys in there before Undertaker came out, so it was kind of like everyone had been eliminated right until Taker was the last one out. So that was a pretty cool, cool way to do it. Um, CM Punk started it off with Truth and uh, eliminated him pretty quick, and then did his uh, straight edge savior stuff. Where he was just in the ring, cutting a promo, just being, just being awesome, just producing gold on the mic. Um, it's a fun match, and uh, I thought it was the best one out of the out of the, the two that night. And uh, you know, ended with Shawn Michaels coming in, super kicking Undertaker, Jericho winning the world title, and uh, you know, starting off the feud with um, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, where Shawn would uh, ultimately retire. So. Uh, fun match, fun match, and uh, it was really cool to see Jericho get the world title out of it. I don't think I was expecting that at the time. Um, number eight, the Elimination Chamber match from 2013. Jack Swagger, Kane, Mark Henry, Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, and Chris Jericho. And this is a fun, fun match. Um, I watched all of these fairly recently, and uh, I had forgotten how fun this one was. And it's really hilarious to go back and see how hard they were pushing Jack Swagger at the time. Uh, you know, he was the the real American with Zeb Coulter, and they were talking about the, uh, you know, illegal aliens entering the, the United States at the border and, and doing that whole thing. And, uh, you know, they were building towards a feud with him and Del Rio. And the way to get him there was to go through this chamber match. And kind of like I was talking about a few minutes ago, it was the last resort to get to WrestleMania. Um, and, and they did it perfectly here, I thought. Um, you know, this is kind of during the, the Hall of Pain era of Mark Henry, and he went in there and he he did his thing, and he was beating guys left and right and throwing people through pods, and and they had the whole team hell no interaction where Daniel Bryan was you know trying to team up with Kane, and then he hit a roll up, and they had a funny little moment there, and he tried to hug it out, and Kane wasn't having any of that, and uh, the match was the, the match ended great, and in fact, and and with uh, Jericho, Orton, and Jack Swagger kind of as the last three guys in there, hitting counters, hitting high moves, couldn't quite tell where it was gonna go. Um, Swagger ended up getting the win uh, unexpectedly, kind of last minute. Orton, Orton beats Jericho. Swagger rolls him up, and then that's that's it. And it was a really fun sequence while those three were in there, as expected. So, um, you know, like I said, I hadn't seen that one since um, since it, it aired as is, 
And, uh, you know, going back and rewatching it definitely holds up. It's a really fun match. So if you're in the mood for a chamber match right before this Sunday, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, coming in uh, at number seven, I have the one from 2017, the SmackDown Chamber. Uh, AJ Styles, John Cena, Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, Baron Corbin, and Miz. Um, this is the first one with the new chamber setup. You know, it's you know kind of boxy now, and they have the padded matting on the sides, and uh, you know, the light gimmicks and the WWE logo. And I mean, it's 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 extravagant. I mean, it, and I, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I actually do like the new chamber pod. I thought it was a a nice, fresh, updated version of the of the look. And uh, uh, the match itself is, is solid. It starts off with Cena and AJ. Um, you know they're doing their thing. Ambrose comes in. Yeah, Corbin was pretty good at the time. Miz was really starting to kind of come back into his own, uh, and it was really cool to see Bray Wyatt uh, win the title. Um, and and kind of I think I, I I saw it coming. I know a lot of people did at the time. Uh, it was pretty obvious that he and Orton were gonna have their match at WrestleMania for the title. That ended up not being very good. Um, but this match itself is a lot of fun, and uh, it's really cool. AJ's out there doing all you know AJ stuff in the chamber, which is fun to see. And uh, you know Bray Wyatt winning the title at the time for me was a really cool moment, uh, and hopefully he can kind of get back to that level because I do like uh, I do like Bray Wyatt quite a lot. So solid match, check it out. Uh, number six, the 2011 SmackDown Elimination Chamber match for the world title with Edge defending against Rey Mysterio, Kane. Big Show, Wade Barrett, and Drew McIntyre. Uh, it's funny to go back and see Drew, how young he looks, um, and, and just kind of the progression that he's had over time. Um, you know, he doesn't look like he does now, but man, he was still just as aggressive back then. I mean, he's throwing guys through pods, and he's hitting high-impact moves, and it's easy to see back then even, you know, how you know great of a talent he was and still is. So that was cool to see. Um, the the best part, honestly, of the match was was you know, Edge and Mysterio starting it off and then finishing it out. Um, you know, the winner was going to go on to defend against Del Rio, who had won the Royal Rumble at WrestleMania, and uh, you know, at the time he had beef with both Ray and Edge, so you know, it kept you kept you in suspense, right? Like maybe Ray, maybe they're going to give it to Ray here, maybe maybe Edge will retain. You never know. And uh, Edge ended up retaining. Del Rio attacked. Christian came, made the save. Uh, fun stuff, man. Fun stuff. This was, uh, I, I didn't actually see this one as it happened. This was the first time I actually watched it, uh, going back and rewatching these matches. And I was pretty entertained. It's definitely worth uh, going back and rewatching. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I know uh, if you listen to Edge and Christian's pod, um, Edge talks about this one, uh, not all the time, but when it comes up, uh, pretty uh, in high regard. So uh, definitely go check that match out. Edge retaining over uh, the Affirmation guys. Uh, number five, I have the one from New Year's Revolution in 2005. Uh, Triple H, Randy Orton, Edge, Batista, Chris Jericho, and Chris Benoit. Um, again, another one I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't order a lot of pay per views around this time, but this was a really good, fun time in WWE. And if you go back to Raw around this time, you have all these guys. You also have Shawn Michaels. You also have Shelton Benjamin. I mean that Raw was a workhorse show if you if you go back and look. Um, this match is is damn solid, and uh, I didn't actually know that it took place in Puerto Rico, and uh, that crowd was hot as hell that night. So hot when Triple H was making his entrance as this you know badass heel, 
this crowd was cheering hard for him. He was super over. Of course, he you know got the heat back. Of course, but um, you know this is this is a fun, fun, fun match, man. And and you go back and you watch it, and just about every guy's bleeding, and there's a story for everyone. And it was the whole situation where you know a month or so prior Triple H was world champion in a triple threat match with Edge and Chris Benoit and Triple H wasn't in the ring and Edge is pinning Benoit as Benoit is making Edge tap and the title gets vacated and so now they're going to try to crown the world champion in the chamber match. Um, Shawn Michaels was the referee he had a thing going on with Edge at the time um, and then of course you add in talents like Jericho you know Randy Orton Batista who was on the come up at the time um, you know, all these guys just solid, solid in the ring. There's a lot of action going on. It died off a little bit um, when it came down to Triple H and Batista and Orton, um, but they're planting the seeds for the Triple H and Batista main event at WrestleMania 21 here. Uh, Triple H won. This was him winning uh, for the 10th time. Um, back then, that felt like a huge deal, uh, to me at least. 10-time world champion just sounded so, like, prestigious because at, at that point flair and hogan were the only ones in double digits so for triple h to, to kind of join that group uh, really solidified him as, as an all-time great in my opinion and uh uh you know fun 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 match that was a that was a really fun time uh that i i recall as a you know going back and one of my favorite times watching wwe uh, definitely definitely i mean if, if that's one of the ones i definitely recommend you go check out this is a lot of fun and, and it definitely ages well so, uh, 2005 chamber match, Triple H retains. Uh, coming in at number four is the SmackDown Chamber from 2008. Uh, it was uh, for uh, to challenge Edge for the World Championship at WrestleMania 24. It had The Undertaker, Batista, Kali, MVP, Finley, and Big Daddy V. Uh, this is the first one uh, that took place for SmackDown. Up until this point, it was a Raw-only uh, match. Well, I guess they had the the ECW one as well, but this is the first one for SmackDown. Um, and once they got Kali and Big Daddy V out of there, <laughs> this thing is a lot of fun. Um, similar to the one in 2011, they started off with Batista and The Undertaker, and they finished with Batista and The Undertaker. Uh, MVP comes in, does some cool stuff. They die, they drop him off the top of a pod. Uh, Finley is doing Finley things. Uh, the finish is super fun. Uh, Batista has Taker up. He's gonna he's gonna long dart him into the chamber, and then Taker falls back, puts him up in the tombstone, drops him down, pins him. Taker goes on to WrestleMania and uh, has a classic with Edge. Uh, this match, and I, and I remember at the time, this this match was was a lot of fun. It totally holds up today, and uh, it's definitely worth a uh, another watch back. Uh, the 2008 SmackDown Elimination Chamber that took place at No Way Out. Check it out. Uh, moving into the top three, um, at number three, I have the first one uh, from 2002. So Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Booker T, Kane. Chris Jericho, and Rob Van Dam. Uh, this is the Triple H show. Uh, the dude starts the thing off with RVD, lasts all the way through. Uh, RVD does a spot from the top of the pod where he drops down on a five-star frog splash to Triple H, uh, damages his esophagus kind of halfway through the match. So Triple H still has to work you know, a good part of this match with a bruised esophagus or whatever it was. Uh, it was you know, just a tough, tough SOB Triple H was. 
um, at, the, at, at a point where he was having incredible matches that entire year. Man, 2002 was a great year for Triple H. Um, this match is a lot of fun, and uh, it takes place at, at one of my favorite pay-per-views, Survivor Series, back in 2002. Um, just good stuff, and, and a big Shawn Michaels fan as I am, for him winning it and uh, you know getting his last world championship unexpectedly, really. Um, you know, months prior, a year prior to this, we didn't think that he was ever going to come back, and here he is, still just incredible as ever. Uh, this match is a lot of fun. These talents are all all so so good. It's it's crazy to see just you know the star-studded talent they have. All Hall of Famers. Um, fun 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 match. If you haven't seen this one in a while, definitely go back and check it out. It's it stands up. It holds up definitely very easily. So um, glad Sean got it. Uh, didn't hold on to it very long. I wasn't super happy about that, but um, you know this set the st- the the standard set the bar for. Uh, for what the chamber match could be and would be, and uh, it, it, I mean, it, it did it well, and it, and it wasn't top for a wall for a long time, but um, definitely go check that out. It's a great, great match. Number two, I have the one from 2014, Randy Orton as the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, defending against John Cena, Daniel Bryan, Christian, Sheamus, and Cesaro. Um, Again, I haven't seen this one since it aired, kind of like a lot of these, and I was pleasantly surprised at how good and how fun this thing was. These guys went to work. Um, you know, it starts off with Sheamus and Cesaro, and at the time, I was, I still am, but was such a huge Cesaro fan. It was so happy to see him in this match. And uh, I thought he had a great showing. And, and it's funny to look back now and see those two starting it off and to see what they've done as the bar. Um, but, you know, two just badass talents beating the hell out of each other until, you know, slowly but surely Brian gets in, Christian gets in, Cena gets in, Orton gets in, and they're all in, and nobody's been eliminated, and it's six guys and they're going crazy. And Christian eliminates Sheamus by jumping off the top of the pod, and the Whites come in and they eliminate Cena. Or they they beat up Cena, so Orton can eliminate him, and then you know Brian. It's it's right at that point where Daniel Bryan and we're all behind him. We all want him to be world champion, and we think this is the last chance he has to to get to the main event of WrestleMania that he deserves. And uh, and they and they they swerve us, man. They 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 made me think at that time that that he really wasn't going to be in the match. Kane screws him over. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just good stuff, man. It really is, and and, and even then, you know, now that you're not invested in that story, the match is still so incredible. It's so much fun to go back and watch. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of all of the talent that was in the match, especially Christian. And I know at the time he was, uh, you know, they weren't really doing a whole lot with him, and he was really starting to wind down. And uh, for him to be in there, uh, such a big Christian fan, it was really cool to see. And and he really held up, and he's you know he looked like he belonged with those guys. Um, but yeah, fun match. There was even a point where Orton hits the RKO, and you think, "Oh, great, it's over." And Brian kicks out, and it just it—it's it's just a lot of fun. So um, I keep saying it, I know, but go back rewatch this one. It is a lot of fun. Um, but now finishing it out, finishing off the top ten list, the number one best elimination chamber match of all time, the World Championship from No Way Out in two thousand nine. Uh, John Cena defending against Edge, Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, Kane, and Mike Knox. 
one of these is not like the other. <laughs> but uh, the story on this one is originally Kofi was supposed to be in the match. Um, but, you know, right, right as he's making his entrance, Edge comes from out of nowhere, beats the crap out of him, throws him into the stairs, hits him with the concerto, and then jumps in the pot. <laughs> the whole the whole thing is set up so beautifully and uh, so unexpected and you know it was great because earlier in the night he was in, he was defending the WWE championship in the in a, in a match with with Triple H, The Undertaker, Jeff Hardy, Kozlov and The Big Show and he gets eliminated before anyone else even enters the match off a quick roll up from Jeff Hardy. So you're, you me as such a big Edge fan going from I can't believe they just jobbed Edge out to Oh my God! Edge is in the chamber match, and then these guys go in there and they put on the best chamber match that I have ever seen. And even if you take away all of the story that they put into it, it's still an incredible match. Um, you know, I believe this was Ray's first chamber match, and man, he goes in there and he's jumping off things. He's he's getting thrown into things, and and he's just being Rey Mysterio and. Cena comes in and he gets eliminated really quickly and it's down to Edge and Jericho and Ray and and it comes down to you know Edge and Ray and they're doing their thing and, and Ray runs at Edge and there's a point where he takes him, lifts him over his head, and then launches him into the pod and and just was brutal then <laughs> it looks brutal now. And you just you just you put it all together. You put Cena getting eliminated unexpectedly, and the guys played it off so well. Edge went from shocked to like, okay, we got Cena out. We we all have a chance. And man, just the story of Edge, you know, breaking in, and and then now he wins it, and he's a SmackDown guy winning Raw's World Title, and. And it was just such a fun way to end the show and uh, a really cool concept, right? Like we don't see really anything like that too often where you start a show off with, with you know, a match and then there's this story that, that culminates later on in the show. Like it made for a really good pay-per-view. Uh, no Way Out 2009, honestly, is a really good show that, you know, you should just go back and rewatch the whole thing in its entirety to really get the full effect of watching this match. But um, I remember being so excited during this match when it aired. Um, it still it still holds up. I had a lot of fun watching it a couple days ago. Um, if you're going to check out any of the chamber matches, I think I got to recommend you check that one out. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, and as a big Edge fan as I am, uh, it's super sweet to to see that. So that's my list. Um, I hope you liked it. I'm sure that you thought there might be one that should be on there. Um, there's been some really good ones over the years. Uh, there's been some not so good ones, of course. But uh, hopefully uh, one of the two chamber matches, if not both, that take place this weekend can uh, find their way on this list uh, in some capacity. But um, until then, until uh, un until then, we'll see. Um, I think I will be coming back uh, maybe maybe Sunday night after the Chamber pay-per-view itself um, for my thoughts on the show. Um, and uh, other than that, I'm not quite sure where I'm going to be at content-wise next week. We're gearing up for WrestleMania season. I might, uh, I've might i been watching a few here and there. I'm going to be gearing up for some WrestleMania content, try to pump that out as much as I can leading up. Um, but, uh, you know, thanks for checking this out. If you did, I really appreciate it. Um, uh, like me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 
that wrestling pod. Uh, follow me on Twitter, man, at that Russell pod. I'm pretty active on there. I try to tweet as often as I can. I'm on Twitter far more often than I should be. Um, you know, chat me up on there. Let me know how I'm doing uh, at that Russell pod. And uh, I'll do my best to, to, to at you back. Uh, but until next time, guys, I appreciate you checking me out. Uh, hope everyone enjoys the rest of the week and the pay-per-view this Sunday. I will be tweeting throughout. Um, until next time, guys, uh, keep on keeping on.